Man, I got to show you this. I mean, have you, have you seen this? Can you believe what this person's saying now? I mean, have you heard this new thing that's happening? Man, I got I to gotta send this to a bunch of people. I need to throw this up on Facebook. I got to get this on my Instagram. I mean, I mean, have you not heard about this? I know none of you do that. I know none of you get caught up in whatever the gossip is or whatever the thing is that's happening right now in the midst of things. I know none of you have been arguing with the weather people this weekend, right? I know none of you got caught up in, oh, it's not going to snow. Oh, it's only just going to rain. Oh, it's this, oh, it's that, right? I love it because if you were listening to the first scripture that Elder King read, right? Isaiah says, have you not known? Have you not heard? But it's different in this time. This isn't, this isn't just some sort of gossip that Isaiah is trying to get into the heads of the Israelites. This is a prophecy. This is telling them what is going on and who God is. One of the things that you might want to understand about Isaiah is that we believe there are at least two parts to Isaiah. And sometimes if you go to seminary and you study these things, if you really dig into it, sometimes they'll even talk about a third Isaiah, that there's a first Isaiah, second Isaiah, third Isaiah, and it's all based on how it's written. But at least in the way the book of Isaiah, the prophet, is gathered, there are two distinct sections. And chapter 40 begins the, what we call the book of comfort. The book of comfort. And it starts out, comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Because the people who would have first heard this, we believe that Isaiah was prophesying about the fact that the Israelites were going to be in captivity, in exile, that Isaiah was writing ahead of his time for those who would be taken by the Babylonians away and be in exile for a number of years and would begin to lose hope about ever coming back to their homeland and so the people who then might have heard this first would have been those in that Babylonian exile. It really feels like this passage is addressed to a people who are tired, who are weary, who are asking those questions that we often ask in our lives. Where are you, God? What does this thing that we're going through, what kind of purpose does it have? Because our brains are always looking for, what is the meaning of this? I know that none of us are in that state right now of being weary, tired, of wondering, well, maybe when is the end of this? Of wondering where God is in the midst of this. Actually, I think that's where almost all of us are. Especially now as people are becoming vaccinated and somebody said the other day, if I see one more person post on their, on their social media or something that they've gotten the vaccine and because I'm immunocompromised but I'm 35 years old, I can't get it, I'm going to scream. She's tired. 
She's weary. She's wondering, where is God in all of this? How do I protect myself in the midst of this? It's a human sort of thing. And Isaiah, Isaiah comes in here and is like, to these people who have been in the exile, who've been away from their homeland, probably pulled apart from family members even. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? It's like, as one writer says, that we're spiritual amnesiacs. We forget about the amazing works of God that have been done not only just in ancient history, but in our histories, the ways that God has been at work in and through other people to bring us to where we are now. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? Yes, it is God who sits above the circle of the earth. And I love that because it's this ancient way of thinking about the earth. They would have thought of creation sort of having three different layers, you know, the heavens and the earth and the, and the place uh, below the earth. And there were these pillars that held up the earth. And when it rained, God basically opened a window in the sky and there because there was water supposedly surrounding all of this and the water would come in when God would open the windows to let the rain come in. And so, but above the circle of the earth, above what's happening on the earth, God sits up there. The God is transcendent and, and beyond our understanding. It is God who sits above the circle. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. It is God who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in. It is God who brings princes and presidents and dictators and fascists and even our own friends and parents to naught. It is God who makes the rulers of the earth, those who seem so powerful, also as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely are they sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither. It is a reminder of this transcendence of God, this otherness of God that we struggle with mightily. But we believe as as people who follow Jesus, right, of this This one who came in the flesh to embody this transcendent God who came to show us that God is imminent, that is the word, that God is with us. We believe that God is, yes, transcendent. And sometimes, as Isaiah says, that God's knowledge is unsearchable. We we don't know with certainty what God is up to all the time. And that's very hard for us. That makes us weary. It it makes us tired. But that transcendent God is also the one who created all of us. As the scripture said, who counts the hairs on our heads, who in the psalm it believes that, who are you God that you have care for us? Well, we believe that this God is, yes, transcendent and in some ways unknowable and knowledge is unsearchable, but eminent, deeply involved in the things that we are going through. And so then Isaiah begins to turn the conversation. Why do you say, O Jacob? Why do you speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right 
is disregarded by my God. I mean, how many of us have thought that to ourselves? God, where are you? Clearly, you don't give a darn about what I'm going through. We might use stronger language than that. And there are people right now, as we know, and I'm sure as you know, that are going through things where that question ought to be asked. We ought not to be afraid to shake our fist at God, to to ask those questions. We have a good friend who's a doctor, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired. He said, I've had four families now where the father or the mother has come in, and they're elderly, and they die from COVID, and then the spouse comes in, and I care for them, and they die, and then the son comes in, and and the daughter, he says, I've, I've got at least four families where it's been that way, where I've seen them pass away before my eyes, whole families wiped out by this thing. I'm tired. I'm weary. Then Isaiah comes back and says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. We will not with certainty know what God is up to. And it's not in the text, but it feels like there's a but here. But he gives power to the faint. He strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, right? Even, even young children who feel like they're the Energizer bunny at some point in time, that, that battery's going to run down a little bit. The young will fall exhausted, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is not simply some pie in the sky sort of thing, but it happens all of the time in and through our lives. We might find ourselves at a place where we're so tired, we're so exhausted, but somehow we are given a renewed strength, a renewed energy, a renewed faith. And here Isaiah says, if we but wait upon the Lord, and this is not just some inactive sort of waiting, but it is seeking to do and to to live into the way that God calls us to live and be, because if it is God who gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless, when we have power, when we have strength, we are the ones called to lift up those who are weary and faint. We are the ones called to give a hand up, as Jesus does to Simon's mother-in-law, to those who are powerless and who are ill. We are the ones, when we feel strong in God, to proclaim God's mighty acts as we wait upon the Lord. And so those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let this be what we are telling when we say, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Amen.